أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته Alright, so today I want to talk to you about um, three cool things inshallah, okay? And I'm with you for the next two classes, so now and the next class, so inshallah we're going to have enough time to go in depth inshallah. Um, so we're talking about life skills, right? And a very important part of life skills is your mindset. It's your mindset. And the Qur'an is a book of mindset. It's a book of attitude. It teaches us how to think, how to see life, how to go about our choices, how to make choices in life. Okay? But that's what the Qur'an does. And that's what the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, did for 13 years in Mecca with, his, with the companions. He taught them how to think, how to view life, so that even after the Prophet dies, does Islam die? No, it carries on, right? How did it carry on? And by the way, it grew much faster, right? Like after the process of that. Why? What did the process do? He put in the right seeds, right? In the companions. And by seeds, what we mean is way of thinking. Way of viewing life. How to make the right choices versus wrong choices. He instilled in them knowledge of who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is. He instilled in them the attitude of going back to the Qur'an for your solutions. He instilled in them the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He instilled in them the love of the Qur'an. He instilled in them the love of success in dunya and akhirah. And therefore, when you have those seeds in you, can you be on your own and do your own thing without having to be worried? Yes or no? Did the Prophet spoon feed them everything? No. So this is a big lesson for parents and children also. Okay? Uh, in parenting, unfortunately, parents, what they do is they spoon-feed their children. Pray, fast, read Qur'an, wear hijab, go to the masjid, right? Go to wise. They keep spoon-feeding, spoon-feeding. And therefore, and oftentimes, unfortunately, they use force, right? So what happens is, now, fine, they can use force, but until when are they going to use force? There will be a time where you'll be left alone, right? All of you will end up going to college. And in college, especially if you're going abroad, is there going to be anyone on top of your head nagging on you? You're going to, so you're going to be making your own choices. Now for the parents who don't put those seeds in, what's going to happen to the children when they, when they have to make their own choices? Are they going to most probably make the right choices or the wrong choices? Wrong. Why? Because the seeds aren't there, right? So my goal as a parent, and I think all parents, their goal should be, Let's instill those seeds. Let's not spoon-feed Islam to them. Let's give them the love of Allah, the love of the Qur'an, the love of success in dunya and akhirah, the love of the Sahaba, the love of the Prophet Let's instill in them how to think, how to make the right choices. What are the consequences of making the, uh, good choices versus bad choices? And then let them go on their own. And let them explore their world and let them make mistakes, let them do whatever, right? And by that, you have enabled them, you have empowered them to make their own decisions. Okay? Does it make sense? Okay? So today what I talk, talk about is this beautiful ayah where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, A'udhu It is He, Allah, who has created 
the night and the day, and the sun and the moon. All of these, kullun, all of them, are in falak, they're in this orbit, this space. Yesbahun, they swim. They all swim in this orbit. They all swim in their own orbits. What does that mean? And what is the significance of this ayah in our lives? Is this talking about something in space? Is this talking about something to do with galaxies and stars and that's it? And sun and moon and... Because you know, everything in the Qur'an has two dimensions. Physical and spiritual. Okay? Remember this. Everything in the Qur'an has a spiritual dimension as well as a physical dimension. So physically, let's, let's talk about physically. You guys have studied, right, about the concept of orbit. Yeah, tell me, what, what does orbit mean? Going around. So give me examples of things that go in orbit. Okay, so the way it works is the moon orbits the earth. And what else? The earth orbits the sun. Sun revolves around its own axis and it's orbiting around something also, right? Everything is in its own orbit, isn't it? The sun is on its own orbit, the moon is on its own orbit, the earth is on its own orbit. Guess what? The blood in your body is on its own orbit, by the way. Did you know this? Have you studied this concept of blood circulation? So there's orbit going on inside of our bodies. There's orbit in every single atom that this table is made of. Did you guys know this? What's this table made of? Atoms, right? What's inside atoms? Subatoms. And then neutrons and electrons and protons. Which class do they teach this stuff in? I think physics or chem chemistry, physics. Yeah, science basically. Even those pro electrons are revolving around the neutron. Electrons, protons, okay? There's orbit going on in every single atom in all of Allah's creation. Okay? And so, um, even when we go for Umrah, what do we do around the Kaaba? Orbit around the Kaaba. Okay? So Allah basically in this ayah is saying, Kullun fi falakin yasbahun. Now, what's really cool about it from a linguistic point of view, okay? Check this out. So, Kullun fi Falakin yes yes bahun right so kullun fi falak kullun fi falak kullun fi falak you see how it's all connected now look at this if you go the opposite way kullun fi falak kullun fi falak it can be read in both directions so what are we learning here through this ayah, Allah is teaching us a profound lesson that there's two different directions of this tasbih. Let's call it tasbih for now, okay? Because yasbahun literally means to swim, to float, okay, in this orbit. So, since this can be read in both ways, what we're learning is there's a positive way of swimming and there's a negative way of swimming, okay? To make it very simple, Negative swimming can be associated with who? With? Who's the ultimate source of negative energy? 
Shaitan, right? Shaitan, our enemy, okay? And who's the ultimate source of positive energy? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, okay? So, what about the universe, like the sun and the moon and the stars and the planets and the protons and electrons? Do you think they're swimming in the orbit of Allah or in the orbit of shaitan? Orbit of Allah, of course, right? Because, I mean, they're all created by Allah and Allah didn't give these, this, these creations of Allah. Did Allah give them a choice? Does the sun have a choice to rise from the west or east every day? No, it's all pre-programmed, right, by Allah. They have not been given this choice. Has the moon been given the choice? Has, do the electrons and protons, have, have they been given the choice? Has your blood circulation in your body been given the choice? Nothing has been given a choice except who? Except us. Even the angels. Do they have an option not to do tasbih in Allah's orbit? No, they're created for that purpose. It's, by the way, us and the jinn, to be specific. We have been given that option to choose which orbit to be in. Okay? And so, when, whenever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran talks about things doing tasbih, like the sun and the moon and the stars and all these, what is Allah indirectly telling us? Think about it. What is He telling us between the lines? He's telling us Everything is doing tasbih of Allah in the right way. So should you. You've been given a choice, yes. Shaitan is going to trick you to go in the opposite tasbih direction, the negative tasbih. But look at this, whenever you look at the sun, what should you remember? I need to get on the right track. I need to get in the right orbit. Okay? So there's... Two orbits, both are going in reverse directions. One orbit is Allah's orbit, the other is Shaitan's orbit. What is Shaitan's objective? To get you on the track of negative energy, which is, which is the hellfire of dunya. Okay? What's the hellfire of dunya? Let's repeat. Jealousy, hatred, anger, ignorance, greed, what else? Depression. Okay. Poverty, sickness, arrogance, family problems. What's the opposite of freedom? Hmm? Imprisoned, feeling imprisoned maybe, I don't know. Feeling that you are trapped. I like that word, trap. Stress, another hellfire of dunya, okay? So all the people who are going through any of these in their lives, what are they doing? Which orbit are they swimming in? Shaitan's orbit, okay? As for, the, as for Allah, what does He want us to do tasbih in according to Allah's orbit, right? When you're in Allah's tasbih, what are you doing? Or how is your life? Give me the examples of the Jannah of dunya. Happiness, fulfillment, contentment, protection, confidence, security, love, 
peace giving forgiveness big one gratitude okay these are all signs of the jannah of dunya now for the most part when you look around the world is most the majority of humanity are they doing tasbih of allah or are they going in shaitan's tasbih or shaitan's orbit what do you think shaitan's orbit right no wonder there's so much bloodshed no wonder there's so many wars no wonder no wonder no, nobody's happy anymore no wonder the pharmaceutical companies are making billions of dollars if everyone was happy and there was no disease what would happen to the pharmaceutical companies bye bye right you won't need any pills you won't need any medication no one will be going to the doctor but guess what now like in this part of the world one of the top businesses to start is is healthcare it's booming because sicknesses are increasing people are dying more and more with cancer and depression and people have problems absolutely absolutely the book of allah has solutions for every single problem including our health that's my belief that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you know has given us he says in the quran wa tafsila kulli shay' wa kulli shay'in fassalnahu tafsila in the quran everything we have given a specific detail specific plan so my belief is if you are doing tasbih of allah if you're in his orbit nothing can harm you nothing can make you upset now let me clarify one thing when you're in tasbih of allah is it is it normal to get angry sometimes for like 15 minutes yes that's fine okay you can get angry but then get back on track get back on the tasbih track is it okay to be sad when someone dies for example of course that's normal right human nature yeah but excessive depression that's a problem excessive anger that's a problem okay Yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, excessive of anything, remember this, Exce- excess of anything is bad. Even excess happiness is bad, actually. And, and the word for that in the Quran Allah uses is, you know, al-farah. Uh, when you get overexcited, you know why? Because, uh, and by the way, this was one of the qualities of Qarun. Okay? He was overexcited with his wealth and it got destroyed. Why is it, why is it problematic to be overly happy when something good happens? When you get crazy, like, you know? No, what did you say? Mm. Mm. Let me give you an analogy to make it very easy to understand, right? Like if you go and ask your dad, Dad, I want a new car tomorrow. How is he going to react to that? 
What's he going to say? Yeah, money doesn't go on trees. Maybe one day you have to get good grades. You got to buy your own car. I'm not going to buy you one. You know, he's going to come up with, you know, some ways to, to you know, get you to get lost, basically, right? <laughs> but now, when you, let's say you're sitting in a bus and right next to you is the king of the country. And you know, you're chatting with them, it's like, wow, so what do you do? You go to school, nice, very good. So right before, you have a nice conversation with him for like 40 minutes. And then before leaving the bus, he says, you know, son or, or daughter, you know, I really enjoyed this conversation and you know, I really want to give you a gift. Um, what do you want? Anything you want, I'll give you. And uh, let's say you really want a car, right? Same car that your dad didn't give you, now the king is offering you. What are you going to ask for? Are you going to ask for like a Corolla or like a, a BMW? What are you going to ask for? Honestly. Yeah, you're going to go for like whatever, you know, a Porsche or Bentley or something, right? I mean, this is your chance. It's, a, it's like a blank check, right? And let's say you, okay, you asked him for a Porsche, right? Next day, is it going to take a while for the Porsche to get to you? When the king tells you I'm going to give you a gift, it's going to be there the next day. Okay? One phone call, it's going to be there. Okay? And now when you do get the Porsche, right? How will you react? Will you be overexcited? Okay, now let's compare this to... So now the king gave, got you a Porsche, right? Imagine your dad, when he was acting like, oh, inshallah, tomorrow, inshallah, next week, you know, or when you, when you get married or whatever. Imagine he gets you a Porsche the next day. How are you going to react to that now? So, so try to compare the feelings of your dad getting you a Porsche versus the king giving you a Porsche. What's the difference between the two reactions? Huh? Yeah. What would be the difference in the emotions? Compare the two. Yes, right? So when you're... When the king gives you a Porsche for him, what is a Porsche, by the way? Nothing, right? Nothing. And even if he gives you a Porsche, it's like, you know, he can afford thousands of Porsches. So for him, it's Adian. It's not a big deal. But when your dad gets you a Porsche, that's a big deal, right? Okay? So what I'm trying to say is, like, you'd get overexcited and farah, you'll have farah when your dad gets you a, a Porsche. Versus when the king gets you a Porsche, Ah, he's a king, of course he can give me a Porsche, right? It's no big deal. Yes, you'll be happy, you'll be grateful, but not overly excited. Because for him, it's normal to give. So now let's compare this to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the king of all kings. When he gives you something, yes, you're grateful, you're happy, but you're not overly excited. Why? Because this is nothing for Allah. And you, you can keep asking him and he will keep giving you. And this is like normal, right? 
So what I'm, what I'm saying is you got to be normal with all the blessings that Allah gives you. Yes, you be grateful, but not overly crazy because this is Allah. You're dealing with Allah. And for him, he basically has abundance of everything. Unlimited resources. Whatever you want, he'll give you. Now, if you do react overly excited, what, is, what are you actually telling the universe? What are you indirectly you know, saying? When you get overly excited, what are you indi indirectly saying? Deeper than that, what are you actually saying? Not just faith in Allah, maybe, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of something even more like about your attitude. No, not ignorance. That you are poor. Right? When you get overly excited about something, that means you were poor and when you got this thing, you became wealthy. Whereas the attitude of a believer is, I am wealthy now. I get something more from Allah, I'll be wealthier. I get more from Allah, I'll be wealthier, I'll be more grateful, I'll get more. But your current state is what? You're already wealthy. And wealthy does, isn't measured by the bank account, right? It's measured by your satisfaction with what you have. Okay? But when you get overly excited, that means you're actually poor. That's why, you know, people who win lotteries, you know, jackpots and stuff, and, and gambling and casinos and even, um, not, not casinos, but, you know, those people who buy lotteries, right? And they win like $300 million in one, in one lottery. So from nothing, they become multi-millionaires. Guess what happens to them in six months? Yeah, most of them, they go broke. Why? Because, why? Because... And the, what's their mindset? They're poor. It's a poor mindset. It's not a millionaire's mindset, right? And therefore, the, the poor mindset, when he gets $300 million, in six months he's going to become poor again. Let's look at the opposite. The millionaire mindset, who believes he's extremely wealthy, he's satisfied. Let's say all his money goes away. In six months, what's going to happen? He's going to become a millionaire again, right? Why? Because, because for him, that's his mindset. He's, he knows that, okay, I created it once, it's gone, I can, I can create that again. I can make that money again. Because he's done it once, right? As for the, the poor mindset, they didn't have anything. When they got something, they're like, wow, I finally got it. Wow, wow, wow. Did they, do they know how to make that money? No, it just came by chance, right? So when it goes away, can they make it again? No, they're just going to have to wait for chance for that to happen again. You see the difference between the two? Okay. So, um, how did we get into this topic of farah and happiness? What was the question? Yes, okay, yeah. So, very good. So, we got to be neutral, right? We got to be neutral and not overly reactive. Very important. Don't be overly reactive because that's a sign of what? It's a sign of ego, actually. Okay? So let's, let's go deeper now. Okay? So there's like, let's say there's two directions. By the way, Allah's tasbih goes in clockwise or counterclockwise? What do you think? 
What do you think? Hmm. Think, think about the Kaaba. Yes, that's a big hint, right? Okay. So it's actually anti-clockwise. Okay. Everything in the world, the sun and the moon, everything orbits itself anti-clockwise. Okay. So forget the word anti-clockwise. Who came up with this word? It's not anti. This is the right way to orbit. Okay. It's not anti. It's not against nature. This is the natural way of doing it. In fact, you know, recently I got a gift from a, a friend of mine. SubhanAllah, it's a watch that actually, look at your watches, if, if you have like the analog watches. How are they ticking? Clockwise. So we've been programmed to think that this is the right way of thinking, right? Or the right way of ticking. The gift I got was actually a watch that ticks counterclockwise. And all the numbers are also written in counterclockwise. It's really cool. And his, the message of the one who made the watch is that, you know what, this is the right way. This is actually the natural way of ticking. Right? All of the watches of the world are ticking the wrong way. Right? So this is tasbih of Allah. And let's, let's, for example, look at this here and say, this is... I don't know how to draw Shushu, right? Shaitan, right? But let's say he's this, right? Yeah. So, tasbih of Shaitan is in which direction? Clockwise, okay? And by the way, to summarize, this is... Um, you become the center of your life. It becomes about you. When someone curses at you, you get upset. That's a sign of what? Ego, actually. Why? Because what, what are you actually saying? When someone swears at you or curses at you, how do you why do people react with like how dare you what? Uh, you heard the words? How dare you? What? Insult? What's the key? What's the key word? Me. Very good. Okay. How dare you insult me? That's ego. Okay. Let's say. Give me other examples of ego. I'll give you. Let's say. Let's look at the example of. Um, a parent and a child, right? Parent tells the, tells the child to go pray. Okay? And she goes in the kitchen, comes back, the child is still on his PlayStation. What do most parents say? Why didn't you listen to me? This is the orbit of ego. Tell me, you tell me. What's the right way of reacting? No, so again, the, 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 the beginning was wrong, right? The parents should not just, stay, just say, go pray. I mean, that means nothing, right? 
what, you, what the right way of saying it would be Allah's calling you to pray, go to Him. See, it's a different way of putting it now. Adhan went on, Allah's calling you. And then she goes in the kitchen, comes back, you haven't gone to Allah yet? You see? So you're directing everything to who? Allah. Positively. Okay? And this way that there's this guilt consciousness will build in them and they automatically will go. You haven't gone to Allah yet? You don't miss meeting Allah? Don't you want to meet Allah? He's waiting for you. Okay? So that's basically hidden forms of ego even in deen practices that we do. Who can give me other examples of subtle ways in which we act like shaitan? Yeah, so you, you know, uh, you pass an exam, you come back home, and what do you say? Yeah. Most arguments happen because you want to be right, and they're wrong. I am right. I can't be wrong. I can't lose. People who can't stand losing, which circle are they on? Which orbit are they on? Exactly, right? Because they just want to win all the time. And when you start defining yourself by your possessions, my car, my school, my home, my health, my body, I can do whatever I want. I can smoke. It's my body. Who's talking? Ego's talking, right? And um, my degrees, my qualification, I'm smart. Okay, you see? All of this is me, me, myself, my. Whereas there, who are you making the center? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's, you are basically in the orbit of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So just remember this. Now, in orbit, what, do, what else do we learn? Something very interesting about orbit. Like, look at the earth, for example. If you're in the orbit of earth, what is the earth going to do? What is the earth going to do? Is it? Does the earth push you out the closer you get to it? Thank you. It pulls you in, right? And so, and so what we learn here is this, the center force always pulls you in. Okay? So, the more you are in this circle, let's say in the ego orbit, the more like stuck you're going to be in. It's like a vicious spiral, right? That keeps, keeps you gravitationally forced in. So getting out is easy or not? It's not easy, okay? Same thing with those people. The people who are in orbit of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, for them, once they get in there, once you get on that journey, that path, that sirat, Salat al-Mustaqim, right, which we ask Allah for. The closer you get, the harder it is for shaitan to pull you out. Because So in both ways, it's like a double-edged sword, right? It could work for you or against you viciously. Okay. So people who are in here, you know, once you get here, shaitan doesn't just want you to be sad. He wants you to be angry. He wants you to be miserable. He wants you to be stressed out. So he's going to work from different angles and it's going to be an easy catch for, for him. Why? Because you're in, already in his orbit. Okay? 
So when you do things without realizing, so, you know, practically connecting this to life, right, guys? Okay? Everything you do from now onwards, everything you do, you got to ask yourself, is this in the orbit of Allah or is it in the orbit of my ego? So you, you, you know, you go to school. What do most people swim in when they go to school? What, what's the mindset? What's the orbit? My education, right? My grades, I want to pass. I want good grades, right? It's all about you, 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 you. Is that the right mindset? No. No wonder people hate school, right? No wonder you hate to do your homework. No wonder you hate your teachers. Right or no? No wonder you're waiting for the weekend to come. The whole... Because you're in this negative orbit, right? So everything about school you're going to hate. Right or no? Because why... why tell me now. Why is it that everything about school uh, is something that you don't like? Why? Because who's in the center? It's your ego, right? It's because you've made yourself the center. When you make yourself the center, you're going to be tired. You're going to be exhausted. You're going to be, you know, miserable and stressed out, right? And 99%, 99.9% of students are in this circle when it comes to school. Right or no? Yes? So, how to change that? Yeah, you, you get, get yourself out from here and, and make Allah the center of even school for you. So how, how would that work though, practically speaking? So you wake up in the morning with what intention? What should go on in your mind? I am... A slave of Allah, right? I am a abd of Allah. I was created to better myself and to be happy and to be, you know, at peace and to be successful. And Allah has certain laws where if I follow them, if I do certain actions, I will get that. Okay. So I'm going to go to school because Allah told me to, you know, the first word He revealed was Iqra. One of Allah's beautiful names is Al Alim. Therefore, if I go and study, I'm also living by his name, Al-Alim, which means what? The all-knowledgeable one, right? So when you live by Allah's name, Al-Alim, what's going to happen? Allah, Allah will give you, inshallah, knowledge. And once you're in his circle, what's, what's instantly going to happen? Happiness, inner peace, and success. Instantly. Okay, that's Allah's promise, basically. Does it make sense? Is it, easy, is it easy to practice this, you think? No? Why not? Because, okay, let's discuss this. Why is it not easy? Okay, because? Wait, wait, let's listen, yeah? Okay, you've been following that, so you got used to that, right? But can it change? Of course it can change, right? Would you like to change it? Why? What's the incentive? What's the motivation? 
Because guess what? If you fix that part of your life, remember this, when you're in this orbit, everything else gets in line as well, right? Health-wise, you know, your home relationship with your family, everything else will start fitting into place because you're in that track. You're in this right orbit, the natural orbit <coughs> of tasbih. Okay? Absolutely. Yeah. That's great, that's great, yeah, good, good uh, point there, because, see, let me share with you another very important tip for life, okay? Allah created us to live by His names and to, like, actually be like Him. The more, can we be exactly like Him? No, impossible, right? Because He's perfect in all, all ways, right? But can we try to be like him? Yes. Okay, so if he is Al-Alim, how can I be like him? By seeking knowledge, right? I can try to be like him. And by the way, you know, part of living by his name Al-Alim is not just learning. It's what then? Applying and? And teaching. So that's the full circle, right? You learn. You benefit, you apply, and you share the benefits with others. So you become a, a student and a teacher simultaneously. Now, for uh, doctors or dentists, by the way, what is the, like, the dream career for all parents, for the children? Doctors, engineers, or what? Lawyers, right? Why? Why? Because it's a lot of money. Now, Question for you, why is there a lot of money in these careers? Is that true though? Is it true? Yeah, so why is there a lot of money? Have you thought about that? Exactly, there's more benefit, right? A doctor is spending more hours of the day benefiting others. And so it's Allah's law that, you know what? The more you benefit, the more I give you back. You focus on the benefit, I'll give you back. Uh, depends. Which mindset are they giving from? It's the attitude, right? How many teachers today in school are actually going with tasbih to school? Ask any teacher, do a survey, right? A hundred teachers, are you happy in your job? So they're not in the right tasbih, right? I, I mean, ask doctors, are you happy doing what you're doing? Out of 100, how many would agree? What do you think? I'm talking about people who are like successful, making money and living comfortable lives. They're doing tasbih because they're benefiting, right? Yes, there are some who are corrupt, some who are, you know, greedy and they're after money and, and cheating and, you know, like cheating on their clients and all that kind of stuff. But what I'm saying in general, it's a field of benefit. Whereas in teaching, you could be teaching, but you hate teaching. You could be teaching, but for you, you're not really living by Allah. If you're not genuinely teaching and you don't have that, you don't have that intention, then are you really living by Allah's name, Al-Alim? No, right? But doctors, because they're in, the, in that field, it's all about benefit, right? No doctor would want to harm. 
Yeah? Yeah, bankers. So yeah, I'm a banker, right? I work in Islamic bank. So when I learned this stuff, I was thinking, okay, how do I go to work and connect this to one of Allah's names? So who can tell me? What, which name did I choose? Um, I don't give. Usually. I ask for money. I don't give. No, that's a different department. But yeah, if I was working in what's known as corporate finance or financing, yeah, that would be giving, absolutely. But think of Allah's names. So I got all those names here. So which name would I, have, would I live by? It's tough to see, but just think about it. I mean, like when you think of banks, what comes to mind? What's the first thing that comes to mind? Money, right? Al-Ghani, thank you. Right, so in my job, what I do is I take people's money and I invest it for them and hopefully what? Exactly, so I'm making them Ghani, right? I'm making them wealthier. Okay? But corrupt bankers, what do they do? They take people's money, they charge them fees and all of that and they give them back the same amount of money. That's what corrupt bankers do. And sometimes they give them less back. And they say, oh, markets were bad. Oh, you know, this was the risk that you took. Sorry, we lost your money. Sometimes they don't give back money. Sometimes investors lose all of their money. Okay? They're not living by al-ghani. Okay? With, with, their, with that type of banker, would his business grow? No, because he lost the trust of the investor. So now, literally, wallahi, my intention is, every day I go to work, al-ghani, ya ghani, make me a means to make my clients wealthier. And guess what? When I do do that, how's Allah gonna reward me? Making me ghani also. Yeah, making you ghani. And by the way, even, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but in, in the, the medical industry, um, doctors, <coughs> you know, the rate of doctors getting sick and the doctors like going through health difficulty is very low. Why? Because when they heal, they're living by which name? Al-Bariq, right? This name, by the way. Al-Shafi is not one of the names of Allah, by the way. It's not in the Quran, okay? So Al-Bariq is the right way. This is the name, this is the word used by Isa alayhi salam. al-Akma wal abras Okay, so Al-Bariq means healer. And so when you heal others, what does Allah do to you? He's healing you. Especially if you're doing tasbih while doing this. Especially, I can guarantee you, doctors who are doing it with ego or just for the money or whatever, they're going to get sick. Because, you know, they're not really in the right mindset. They're not doing tasbih. Okay? So, al-ghani, literally. And then, you know, um, so you live by his name, benefit others, Allah will pay you back. Guaranteed. Whatever it is. So, you know, um, for, for example, outside of my work, I have falaq, right? So that's my passion. My passion is to do life coaching and, and teaching, whatever, right? Which name am I living by? I think I told you this before. So for like wise and stuff, which name am I living by? Because remember, everything you do, you got to connect it to a name now of Allah. If you want to be doing tasbih. Hmm? Al-Alim? Okay, I mean, Alim I would use for scholars and like people of real academic. I'm not an academic at all, right? I talk about life. I talk about like real stuff and simple stuff. So what am I trying to do? So I'll, to save time, I'll give you the name. 
It's actually the name of Allah, the beautiful name of Allah, Al Mubeen. Okay, what does Al Mubeen mean? To clarify, to make things clear, to make things simple, to make things understandable. Okay, to make you see. Mubeen literally means from bayan, right? To, to help you see, to help you understand, to help you realize. And that's why one of the names of the Qur'an is Al-Kitab Al-Mubin. Why? Because it's a book that if you read and ponder upon, it's going to clarify to you what life is all about. So now, for example, now, before you used to see the sun and the moon and the stars, you're like, yeah, whatever. But now when you see the sun and the moon, what are you going to see? What are you going to remember? Tasbih, right? You're going to remember Tasbih. And by the way, now, every time in Salah, when you bow down to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and you say, Subhana. Rabbiyal Azim, Subhana Rabbiyal Azim, Subhana Rabbiyal Azim, Subhana Rabbiyal Azim. What does Subhan mean now? To swim in the orbit of Allah. Subhana Rabbiyal Azim, Subhana Rabbiyal A'la, Subhana Rabbiyal A'la, Subhana Rabbiyal A'la. You see now, what happened all of a sudden? We connected something that you've been doing for many years, like a robot, to something that makes sense. Does it make sense now? That is Al-Mubin. Okay? And by the way, the more... And that's, that's really why, why I love this field, because it helps me also. Because I hate doing things that don't make sense. Doesn't make, if it doesn't make sense, then we are kidding ourselves. If you're reading... Salah, but you have no clue why you're reading it or what you're saying, it's pointless. If you're memorizing Quran but you have no clue what it's saying, it's pointless. It's pointless, guys. Get out of that mentality. Allah is not interested in your mechanical, robotic actions. He wants you to be people who clarify. And by the way, anyone who says, oh, I can't understand this, it's difficult. What did Allah say in Surah Al-Rahman? Al-Rahman Allama Al-Quran He taught the Quran Khalaq Al-Insan He created him And what did he teach him? Allamahu Al-Bayan He taught you the ability to distinguish The ability to clarify The ability to understand The ability to realize The ability to distinguish between right and wrong Bayan Okay? Bayan also means to break things down Into simple concepts So you know when you're studying biology How many of you have studied biology in school? How do they teach it usually? They break the human body down into what? Pieces, right? So they take the heart and the, and the teacher will come with, with the heart and he'll show you the heart only, right? And then he'll come up with a skeleton and he'll show you just the bones of the body. Then you'll do one class about the respiratory system, right? Breathing and all that and the lungs. Then you'll do a separate class about the blood circulation, right? And the vessels. Then he'll do a separate class about the nervous system. Correct? What, are, what is the teacher doing? He's breaking it down. That's exactly one of the meanings of bayan. Mubin is to break it down. Why? Because when you break down things and try to understand it piece by piece, then you put it all together, what happens? It all makes sense. Okay? Same thing with the Quran. You read the entire surah, ayah by ayah, you break it down. You understand each ayah, then you understand the section, then you understand the entire surah, then you look at the whole, whole Quran, it all will make sense to you. Okay? 
but how much time you give it and all of that depends on you. So, what name are you going to live by in your life? You got to ask yourself this question. You know, just now I was talking to a friend of mine who's also a teacher here. He said, and we're talking about this concept, and he's into IT and communication solutions. So guess which name I gave him? Because, you know, he was miserable with his job. He's like, oh, you know, it's long hours from 9 till 5. I barely get time for Dean. I told him, bro, make your, make your work ibadah and then you'll be enjoying it. You'll be doing tasbih. You know, when he was working in the IT company, he was working with this mindset. So was he happy? Stressed out, miserable, targets. You know, oh, I want to spend time with family and this, no time for anything, no time for deen. But when he does tasbih of work with one of the names, what's going to happen to his mindset? Change, positive. So what name? Has to do with connectivity, connections. Ar-Rahman as well as Ar-Rahim okay why because Ar-Rahman and Rahim literally come from the Rahim which is the womb of the mother that connects the mother to the baby okay and so you look at all the, the products and solutions providers what's Facebook's vision by the way to connect okay so they're actually living by one of Allah's names without even knowing they call it values, by the way, in the West. Okay? This is like very common now. All these big businesses, they're value-driven. They're not... Facebook doesn't... Like, the guy who started Facebook, he didn't do it for money, by the way. It was value, right? I mean, he, it started off with connecting people for dating purposes. Right? But it was connection. It was connection. So, one of Allah's names. Allah's law is that when you make His name activated in the world... Allah will benefit you more. And so, how, how much is the worth of Facebook now? No, I don't know. Huh? Yeah, now I know. Okay. How is that related to what we're talking about? Ah, it's blue. Cool. Okay. So, um, what were we saying? Yeah, so, how much is the worth of Facebook today? Yeah, it's in the hundreds of billions, by the way. Uh, but uh, what about WhatsApp? Who bought WhatsApp recently? Yeah. What what game is WhatsApp in? Also connectivity, right? Ah, very good. What's Google into? Which name is Google living by? Come on. What's what's the search engine all about? Like, what's it based on? Anyone knows? What's the the main function of Google, based on? Knowledge. Not knowledge. How do they come up with this search engine? You guys don't know? It's algorithms, right? What is algorithms? Algorithm is taught in which subject? Math. Maths. Very good. So which name of Allah is connected with maths? Come on, guys. Al-Hasib. Okay? Literally, Hisab in Arabic means math. Accounting, math, numbers, algorithms. And so Google is living by this name. Okay? 
Hasib count to count numbers, okay, mathematics, all of that kind of stuff. Okay? So you look at all of these, like, I don't know, Apple, right? What is Apple living by? Multiple names, right? Asamiya. You can use Apple to listen to whatever you want, podcasts, music. Al-Basir, it helps you see someone sitting far away in a different continent through FaceTime. Okay? Uh, it's living by, what else? Al-Khabir, you can get knowledge and you know, a lot of information from there. Al-Mubin, absolutely, to clarify. Another cool one that, uh, Al-Qarib, right? The phone makes you closer to the world, right? Instantly I can talk to my uncle sitting in, you know, in China or whatever, right? Instantly, he becomes near to me. So that through this device, they actually activated the name Al-Qarib. They made people closer to each other. Al-Hadi, right? Through the GPS system, Google Maps, navigation. It makes life so much more easier because now you find your way. You're never going to get lost. Right? Technically, if you have an internet connection, you can never get lost. And therefore, if you never get lost, will you ever be afraid or sad or... No. So, what's the worth of Apple today? Yeah, it's, again, it's, Apple today is the largest company in the world. Okay. Why? Who can tell me why? How come? How come it's different than other companies? No, because what? Thank you, because they've activated one name. They've actually, you know, through their app store, they've actually created a platform, which is actually Al-Khaliq, right? They've uh, invented, or Khalq, right? This is all inventors are here, by the way. Those who come up with innovations and creative inventions. Al-Khaliq. So, they've actually invented a platform which becomes an enabler for all of Allah's beautiful names. So, if you look at the app store, what is the app store, actually? It's a platform for what? Different types of, or different methods of activating all of Allah's names. Every single app out there is activating one of Allah's names. Why? Because apps are there to make your life better, right? And easier. Okay? They're tools. And so that's really what these names do. They make our life easier. They, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is all about making our life easier. Okay? So... It's pretty cool, right? When you think of life like this. And so, even for your careers, you need to think about which name of Allah. Don't make the mistake. By the way, very important lesson. Pay attention. When you're in this orbit and you're living by Allah's names and you're doing tasbih, guess what is going to be guaranteed by Allah for you? Hmm? Happiness, inner peace, okay. What else? What else? Let's talk practically. What else do you want in life? Success. What kind of success? Risk. Risk. Yeah. Risk. Provisions, right? So your money is going to be taken care of. Your health is going to be taken care of. All of you want to get married one day? Yes? Your marriage is going to be taken care of. Wallahi, listen to this, even those parents who cannot have children, 
you know some, some parents, they, they can't have children. Something is messed up there. When you fix it, everything falls into place. And we have stories in the Quran that prove this. Okay? Zakaria, Ibrahim, old eight people whose wives were barren, they even got children. Why are these stories in the Quran? Why did Allah mention these stories of these barren parents or wives that they can even have children? Why did He mention them? It's to give us hope that we can also do There is a solution for this, which many parents don't know about. Okay? And then they end up doing other like scientific things and stuff, artificial ways of doing things. Whereas there's ways to fix it. Okay? So all your life affairs are going to be taken care of if you are doing tasbih of Allah. And therefore, if things aren't going your way, if you are miserable financially, if you are always depressed or sad or angry, always getting into fights, your, par- your parents are never happy with you, you're having conflicts with your parents, you're having conflicts with your friends, you're having conflicts with your brothers and sisters, guess which orbit you're in? That's your sign. That's like a sign that I'm on the wrong track. Because you see the symptoms of that, right? And therefore, how to correct it? Go to Allah. Make Allah the center. And of course, through Salah, Salah is the ultimate way. If you do it meaningfully, you make Allah the center. And through Tasbih, you become close to Him. Okay? So people who work for money, they're orbiting here. Will they ever... Will they ever be successful? People, you know what's the uh, success rate for businesses, startups in, uh, in this part of the world? It's like 20%. So out of 100 companies, 20, uh, 80 of them will close down. They will fail. Literally. In like six months, one year, two years. Why? Because what's the intention? It's money. It's not benefits and value. You get it? It's not benefit and value. So they've, they've, like the beginning is messed up and therefore Allah says, fine, you want money? Okay. That's shaitan. Try as much as you want. Do as much marketing as you want. Do as much, you know, uh, market research or studies. Play around with prices. Get the best spot in Bahrain or whatever, you know, to, for your location. Go and take as many courses. Go do an MBA from Princeton or Harvard. You're not going to make it. Because you're in the wrong orbit. Value. And we gave examples of successful companies today. Yeah. It's all of them. All, all, all successful businesses... All successful CEOs, they're value-driven. And those who are not, they will go up and they'll fall down. As for those who are genuinely doing it, they will keep going up. Okay? And so, um, this is, like, honestly, this is really powerful stuff if you apply it, guys. Okay? So if you say, ah, oh, whatever, I'm bored, life is boring, I want to just play video games and watch movies and listen to music and watch shameless things online. Then who do you blame for your misery? Huh guys? You blame shaitan for your misery? What did we say about tasbih? The sun and the moon and the stars, everything does tasbih. Do they have an option? 
Do they have an option? Do you have an option? So who do you blame? You chose the track. Yeah. So that's, again, Allah said, Iqra. Right? We have missing information. So, I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I don't want to get into the details, but in general, the class knows what are the two roots causes for all our problems in life? Lack of information and wrong information. That are the root causes of all our problems. So when we get the right information and we clarify, because so one big misconception is there is no cure. If a, if a mother is barren, then there is no cure. The halas we have to go through. So again, that's a misconception. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But that's what you believe, right? Many other people actually say there is no cure for cancer. There is no cure for, for AIDS, right? That's what's taught, right? And therefore, due to that misinformation, our lives are messed up. Okay? There is a cure for everything. There is a cure. So I'm just giving you the basic like, foundations. How technically this, that, that's like a, the field of the experts. Allah says in the Quran, Is'alu ahla dhikr in kuntum la ta'lamun. Ask the people of expertise if you don't know. Okay? So, we don't read, we don't ask. Therefore, will we get solutions? No. So, the solutions are out there. And Allah says, just come to me. Come to me. Come to my book. Everything is there. Wallahi, it's there. Okay? I, I know practitioners who are making a difference in people's lives. You know, women who think they will never get married. Wallahi, there's a way to get married, right? Women who believe they can't get, bring, give birth, there is a way. Even, you know, autism. You guys know what autism is. When parents have a child who's like always feeling alone and all that. There's a cure for that. And 99% of the time, it's the parent's problem, not the child's problem. Parents fix themselves, child is fine. Okay? So, um, so if your life gets messed up, it's because of who? Who do you blame? Yeah, you made the wrong choice. Okay, you made the wrong choice and therefore... Yeah. Every single thing in life, okay? Every harm that's caused to you. Let's say you get into a car accident. Who do you blame? Yourself. Okay? <laughs> the guy crashed you. What is one of Allah's beautiful names? Very good. The protector. Which name of Allah is that? Which name of Allah is about protection? As-salam. Right? One of them is as-salam. Security and safety. 
Okay? So if you're doing tasbih of Allah, can any force in the world harm you? Huh, Salman? If you're, if you're doing tasbih, if you're in the circle, can any, even if, I don't care if it's a drunk di- driver, I don't care if it's someone who doesn't have a license, can any force harm you? Okay. So any harm that comes your way, guys, don't blame it on that guy was drunk, that guy crossed the traffic light. No, Allah took it upon himself to give you security and safety. And so therefore, don't blame anybody but yourself because you got out of the track. You got off track and therefore you don't blame anybody but yourself. Guys, have any doubts? Those who have doubts will keep coming up with excuses, guys. Okay? You failed in your school exam, who are you going to blame? The teacher? Are you going to blame your parents? Are you going to blame the school? Okay, let's do an exercise. Put your, so if you write with the right hand, put the other hand up. Put the opposite hand, the one, the one that you don't use for writing, put it up. Up. What are you thinking? Okay, so put the other opposite hand up. Okay, very easy instructions. Okay, now, I want you to take the other hand and pinch your hand, your hand as hard as you can. Okay? Keep pitching as hard as you can. Keep doing it. Okay? This is a practical exercise. I want you to keep pressing, keep pressing until it is extremely painful. Okay? Just keep doing it. And feel the pain. I want you to feel the pain. Feel it increasing. Feel the skin being pinched. Press harder and harder and harder. Even harder now. Twice as harder. Come on. More, more. Alright, let's go. There's a profound lesson in this exercise. Did it hurt when you were pressing? And how did we stop the pain? By letting go, right? What was causing the pain? So was there a cause for the pain? Did you know what the cause was? Yes. Same thing in life. All the pain that you will feel in life, remember this exercise. What are you going to remember? Before letting it go, what are you going to remember? Yes, very good. There's something I'm doing wrong that's causing this pain. Okay, and then what do you do? You do istighfar. Right? And no wonder, listen to this now, no wonder Nuh said, Make istighfar, he told his nation. Make istighfar because Allah is ghaffara. He was reminding them of which name? Al-Ghaffar, right? Okay. What will he do when you do istighfar? So basically he's telling his people, do istighfar, purify yourself. 
something wrong you're doing, make istighfar, clean yourself up, come in here. What's going to happen? يُرْسِلِ السَّمَاءَ عَلَيْكُمْ مِدْرَارًا He will send down the sky falling down on you in terms of like provisions and risk. Okay? وَيُمْدِدْكُمْ بِأَمْوَالٍ He will extend you with money and provision and wealth. وَأَوْلَادٍ And he will give you children. Especially for those who can't get children. وَيَجْعَلْ لَكُمْ جَنَّاتٍ And he will give you gardens. وَيَجْعَلْ لَكُمْ أَنْهَارًا And he will give you streams of flowing water. And then he says, مَا لَكُمْ لَا تَرْجُونَ لِلَّهِ وَقَارًا What's wrong with you guys? You don't want all of this? You don't want all these benefits? You're still there? Don't you want to come here? Don't you want to benefit from everything Allah wants to give you? What's wrong with you? Literally, he's telling them, مَا لَكُمْ What's wrong with you guys? Why are you there? You're only going to harm yourself there. You're only going to be miserable and sad and suffer. It's no good for you. That's what shaitan wants from you. What's wrong with you? He, t- he tells them, مَا لَكُمْ okay? And then Allah says, وَمَن يَتَّقِ اللَّهِ يَجْعَلْ لَهُ مَخْرَجَ وَيَرْزُقْهُ مِنْ حَيْثُ لَا يَحْتَسِبْ Whoever has taqwa of Allah, what does taqwa mean? You're conscious of Allah. Okay? وَمَن يَتَّقِ اللَّهِ You're conscious of Allah. Conscious of what? Conscious of the fact that He is the center of your life. That is taqwa also. وَمَن يَتَّقِ اللَّهِ يَجْعَلْ لَهُ مَخْرَجًا He will open all the doors that are closed in your life. Every single door that's closed in your life, He will open it for you. He will give you solutions. Don't worry about the details. Don't worry about how. It's going to happen. يَجْعَلْ لَكُمْ مَخْرَجًا وَيَرْزُقْهُمْ مِنْ حَيْثُ لَا يَحْتَسِبْ And He will give them risk from places they can never imagine. Okay? These are promises of Allah for those who live in his tasbih, guys. And then, I want to talk about this example, because it's honestly another very powerful example to understand this, right? So what is this picture of? It's a palace, very good, okay? So now imagine, you, all of you are living in your parents' houses, right? When you go to sleep, are you worried about how am I going to have breakfast tomorrow? Are you worried about what clothes I'm going to wear? Or not just what clothes, if I have clothes to wear or not? Are you worried about will there be water in the bathroom? Are you worried about who's going to drop me to school? Are you worried about will I go to school or not? Can my parents afford my school or not? No, right? Everything is taken care of for you by who? Your parents, right? Everything, all your affairs are taken care of by who? By your parents. So you're basically in the house of your father, okay? We call this house Baytul Baytul Rububiyya. The house of your, or Beit al-Ububiyah, the, the house of your father, basically. Okay? The house of your father. So long as you're in the house, everything is going to be taken care of, right or no? Now imagine you get into an argument with your dad. And you decide to 
leave the house. You're just upset. You leave the house with nothing, right? No backpack, nothing. You leave the house and you say, I'm never going to come back again. The moment you leave the house, what's going to happen to your life? Are you going to get worried about the next meal? Are you going to get married about, worried about which bathroom to use? Are you going to start getting worried about where to take a shower? Are you going to start worrying about what to wear tomorrow? So the moment you left a lot, your father's house, what happened to that comfort? It's gone, right? And what emotions are going through your life now? Stress, regret, anger, you're upset, depressed maybe, right? Fear, that's all what? That's all the orbit of shaitan, right? And so to give you the similar example, right? Just like there's your parents' house, your father's house. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is calling us to come to his house, his palace, which is what this tasbih is all about, okay? And Allah literally calls this in the Quran, Ahlul Bayt, which is unfortunately translated as, you know, family of the Prophet and all of that. But Ahlul Bayt is much deeper than that, okay? Islam is not about lineage or you know, certain people having certain privileges just because they're born into a certain family. That's what Islam came to destroy, right or no? There's no... You can't say, oh Allah, I'm the son of so-and-so, take me to Jannah. I'm the daughter of so-and-so. There's no such thing as lineage in the Quran or in Allah's deen. Okay? And so Ahlul Bayt are people who literally are living in the palace of Allah. How do you come into the palace of Allah? By, by doing tasbih of him. By making him the center of your life. Okay? By literally, truly living as a abd. Living as a slave of Allah. And you are in his house. Okay, Hassan? Yeah? Something interesting on your phone? If you want to use your phone, you can leave the class, please. Okay. So... Bayt al-Ubudiyah, this is called. Just like there's Bayt al-Ububiyah, Bayt al-Rububiyah, let's call it, okay? The house of Allah. So in the house of Allah, like when you, let's say for example, you go to a, uh, the king's palace, right? Can you do whatever you want to do in that palace? How are you going to act? Polite, formal, respectful. Best behavior, respect. Right? So imagine that you, like, starting tomorrow, right? You wake up. Just try to imagine that you just woke up in the house of Allah. This Bayt al Rububiyah. You're in that house of Allah. And everything you're going to do from now onwards throughout the day is going to be consciously being aware of the fact that, Ya Allah, I want to do tasbih of you. I want to be in your house. I want to be in your palace. Because I know for sure, if I stay in your palace, 
I won't have to worry about anything. I won't have to worry about money, clothes, water, peace, happiness. Everything is guaranteed because I am in your house. And wallahi, if you live your day like that, wallahi, you'll see like tremendous change, tremendous difference in your life. And of course, if this becomes like a habit then. Then you're constantly doing tasbih in everything, all of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's beautiful names. Okay? In everything you do. But if you wake up and say, oh, I have to go to school. Oh, I have to do this. I have homework. I have exams. I want to go out with friends. Where is Allah in the picture? Is He in the picture even? Maybe, you know, for salah. So Allah comes in the picture for salah and then you're back to what? Your world. It's your world, your friends, your school, your house, your parents, your problems, your entertainment, your addictions. Right or no? Allah is saying, you want a solution for all your problems? Just come, just come to my palace and stay there. And I'll take care of everything. It's, it's actually a very simple thing, if you think about it, right? Who made it complicated? We did, right? What's the message of the Qur'an? If you want to summarize the message of the Qur'an, what's like a one-statement summary? What did all the prophets tell their people? What did all the books teach? A simple concept. Come to the house of Allah and everything will be sorted out. Literally, that's what it is. And the people who rejected this message, why did they reject it? Because they had what? Ego. Why did Quraysh reject Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him? Ego. They felt that, you know what, their following is going to be affected. They're going to make less money. Why did the Jews reject Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him? Ego again. How come someone from Bani Ismail is becoming a prophet? We thought it's going to be from Bani Ishaq. The children of Ishaq, right? So it's ego, 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 ego. And that's why the world is in such a mess. Just try to imagine how the world would be if everyone was living in the house of Allah. How would it be? Would we have wars? Would we have poverty? Would we have disease? Would we have greed? Would, we, would people be depressed? Everyone's being literally, and that's what the meaning of Islam is. And I'll end with this. What does Islam mean? Hmm? Peace, right? If, if, you were, if you were to summarize this whole life in one word, Islam. Because Islam means you're, you have inner peace and what else? Your surroundings is what? Also peace. The way you deal with others is also what? Peace. There's no conflict, there's no drama. There's no fights. There's no sadness, no fear. Okay? And so that is what Islam is, guys. Islam is not just something that's written on your passport. 
Islam isn't just your name is Salman or your name is Maryam or your name is Khadija and khalas, you go to Jannah. Islam is not you just praying five times a day and reading Quran on Fridays or when someone dies or in Ramadan. It's not. Allah is going to ask us, did you live this life or did you live that life? Did you experience peace and, and salam in your heart or no, in this life? Were you a source of peace in this life or were you a source of hatred and anger and jealousy and greed? Were you interested in picking up fights and arguments and backbiting? Or were you a source of forgiveness, source of love, a source of mercy? And I'll tell you the last and most powerful thing about this class today, right? Pay attention to this very, very carefully, okay? There's two types of sins in the Quran, okay? How many types? Okay, any... Let's, let's call it two major types of sin in the Qur'an. Nunub okay. and Sayyat. Nunub okay. and Sayyat. Say it out so you, so you know. Nunub and Sayyat. Okay, very good. Dhamb and Sayyat. Nunub and Sayyat. Nunub okay. are between you and Allah. Okay, so it's you and and who? Allah. Give me examples of sins that we commit between us and Allah. Okay, shirk. What else? And by the way, what about sayyat? Can you guess? It's between you and others. So missing salah, what about salah? Let's say someone doesn't pray. Where would it fall under? Dhunub or sayyat? Not praying salah. Where would? Okay. What else? What are other dhunub? Come on, before the class finishes, because it's a very important point. Think about sins in society. Backbiting involves you and Allah only? Hmm? Where does backbiting fall? Very good, backbiting. Okay, what else are the noob guys? Come on. How's that a sin? Give me specifics, guys. Robbery? Okay, that's all here. I want to talk about the noob. Robbery is here. Okay? People who drink alcohol, where does that fit in? The Nubar Sayyat. It's between you and Allah or others? The alcohol, drinking alcohol, guys. The or Sayyat. Huh? 
Not necessarily, someone's having a sip of wine over dinner. It's dhunub, okay? What about things like, uh, I don't know, uh, committing adultery, zina? Two girlfriend, boyfriend having a relationship outside of marriage. Where does that fall in? Why? How does this involve others? Yeah, but they're, they're happily doing it. You haven't done wrong to anybody, right? This is about doing wrong to others, right? Doing harm and wrong to others. This is about doing injustice, right? Some form of injustice or corruption. Okay, so what, where does zina fall? Dunub, okay? Gambling? Gambling? Again, between you and Allah. Okay. Dealing in riba? Doesn't involve others. You're benefiting. So, what about sayyat now? So, we talked about backbiting to robbery. Let's talk about practical things because I don't think any of us is going to be robbing a bank soon. Hmm? Okay, so insulting, making fun, um, bullying, yes? You hurt others with bullying. Guys, are you with us or you guys want to leave the class and talk? What's going on, guys? What else? Sayyat. Tongue, so all sins of the tongue. Okay, lying, breaking promises. Okay? When you break promises... Hypocrisy, I don't know what that means. Give me details, specifics. Don't talk about theory. Yeah, so lies, tongue, tongue. We talked about that. What else is sayyat? Huh? Not respecting parents. Okay, yeah. Disrespecting parents. Yeah, so... Treating others, like insulting, arrogance. arrogance, making fun. Arrogance is an attitude. I want specific sins. Seeing yourself as better than others. Yeah, but how does that harm others? It's not harming others. Okay, that's... Hmm? Okay, yeah, so some side of injustice. You know, um, like when you're in a traffic, there's traffic on the road. And there's like 50 cars in front of you and you decide to cut the lane and go all the way in the front. Does that happen on the roads? Is that a dhamb or a sayyat? Or is that even a bad deed? That's actually a sayyat, okay? Yes, cutting lanes. Okay? Yeah, exactly. Just to shortcut. By the way, remember we said Everything bad that you do will come back at you if you don't do istighfar and tawbah. Okay? So now check this out. If you do any of these, say the noob, it's between you and Allah. So what do you need to do to fix it? Yeah, you just need to do istighfar. You need to go back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yeah, I mean, of course. You know, all of those things. Just between you and Allah, right? 
So it, and you try to like basically istighfar is the because Allah says in the Quran, يَغْفِرُ الذُّنُوبُ وَيَكَفِرُ السَّيَاتِ So غُفْرَان, مَغْفِرَة, istighfar is usually for dhunub. Okay? As for sayyat, Allah says in the Quran, وَجَزَاءُ سَيِّئَةٍ سَيِّئَةٌ مِثْلُهَا Listen to this carefully. And the reward of a sayyah is a sayyah exactly like it. Which means what? You can do all of these and make istighfar from today until tomorrow. Is it going to be forgiven? When is it going to be? When is it going to be settled? Two options: either you settle it with the person that you harmed, or what? Or it comes back at you. It comes back at you in some form of equivalent pain. Now check this out: you cut a lane, and there were fifty cars in front of you. What's the equivalent payback now? All the pain you cause these 50 people will come back at you one by one. It's not going to be one. Multiply that by what? 50. Is that a big deal? It's a pretty big deal. Yeah? Downloading music. And downloading torrent movies is what? It's what? This, it's stealing, okay? It's stealing, okay? So those people who are into this stuff, download, buying those one dinar DVDs, if you do that, you're actually stealing. You're taking... This is all copyrighted stuff. These are rights of the author, rights of the content creator. You got to pay for it. Okay? Original. You got to buy the original 20 dinar movie or whatever, right? If you try to skip and... and, and yeah, cinema, you're paying for it. Okay? Because it's legal, right? You're watching it on Netflix or iTunes or whatever, that's fine. That's okay, because this is proper. But if you download it... For free, even I don't care if it's an Islamic book, if it's copyrighted, you are stealing. You could be downloading a seer of the Prophet for free, okay? Thinking you're doing a good deed, you're actually doing a sayyah. And well, guess what? Yeah, if it's free, it's free, khalas. If it's paid, it's, then you've got to pay for it. Otherwise, if you steal. No, you. It depends on Netflix's terms and conditions. I don't know if they allow that or not. Depends on them. If they don't allow it, then you shouldn't do it. If they allow it, then... so now to to wrap it up, guys. Okay. What have we as society made big a big deal? Dunub or sayat? Let me put hijab here, by the way, also. What have we as a society made a big deal? Dhunub or sayat? Someone, someone cutting a lane versus someone committing zina. What's Dhunubs, right? Someone backbiting versus someone not reading salah. What's a bigger deal? Someone, um, I don't know, bullying or you know, downloading torrent movies versus someone who doesn't wear hijab or someone who drinks alcohol, what's a bigger deal? 
This is one, listen to this because we're ending with this. This is one of the biggest scams of shaitan on us. He has made the things that are easily forgiven a big deal. This, he has made this our focus. And what's in fact a big deal, he has made what? Tiny, insignificant. And we're casually doing it and we are paying the price of this because it is a sayyah. Because it will come back to us. Now does it explain to you why Muslims across the world are going through all sorts of pain and suffering? Who's to blame? Who's to blame? You blame yourself because you're, you're indulging these sayyat thinking it's a normal thing and you're living in that misery. Now let me ask you about the West. What's the bigger problem of the West? Is it cutting lanes? Is it this stuff or, or is it these things? In the West, do you see people cutting lanes in the, in the West? Or do they respect queues and lanes? Depends, I don't know if you've traveled to the West or not, but let me tell you, they're very, very careful about these things, okay? Very careful about justice. There's like, there's justice, there is a big system, okay? I'm not saying there's no backbiting there, there's no this, but I'm saying for the most part, you know, people are maybe more indulged in the alcohol and zina. This is between them and Allah. Okay? So who, out of all the countries in the world, which countries are prospering more and they're benefiting from Allah's risk and Allah's provisions and, and they're creating value, they're inventing good products for us. Which countries? Muslim countries or non-Muslim countries? Which countries? Non-Muslim countries or Muslim countries? are benefiting from the world and, and benefiting from all the prosperity and peace. Because, you know, there's two indications for success in nations. Prosperity and peace. I'll ask this again. Who's benefiting more from prosperity and peace? Muslim countries or non-Muslim countries? So they're doing something right. Okay, because they're benefiting from this. The provisions of Allah. Muslim nations are going through a lot of difficulty and misery, no peace, no prosperity. It's because sayyat are something that we have made a, you know, something very easily done. Okay? So what's the lesson here? Part of doing tasbih is what? Start making this a super big deal in your life. Watch your tongue. Watch... By the way, people who are addicted to porn and all that kind of stuff, that's a then, okay? It's between you and Allah. This is the real deal, guys. I'm not saying tomorrow start doing all of this. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying this is a perspective of the Quran. Now listen to this. You know the word wail? Wail in the Quran. Wailun likulli humaza. What is humaza lumaza? Backbiting, insulting. Wail is one of the most punish, like, like dangerous punishments in the Quran. Allah, whenever He uses wail, He uses it for sayyat, never for them. He never says wailun for the one who doesn't pray. He never said wailun for the one who drinks alcohol. He never said wailun for the one who commits zina. In fact, for zina, they're actually protected. You can't even talk about azani and zina. Like, I'll tell you the story of Umar ibn Khattab. Once he saw with his own eyes, a guy and a girl committing zina. He went to the judge. Who was the judge? Ali bin Abi Talib. 
He told the judge, what would you say if I told you that I just saw two people committing zina? You know what Ali ibn Abi Talib told him? He told him, if you don't have four witnesses, and you speak and you expose their names, your khilafah, you'll be removed from khilafah, we will never accept your witness again, and you'll be lashed 80 times in public. Khalifat, right? So leadership. So, in fact, Allah in the Quran protects the zina, and for him, is zina a big deal or talking about zina a bigger deal? Talking about zina, accusing someone, spreading rumors. What's common now on WhatsApp, right? Scandals, rumors. Did you hear? Like what happened in school? Did you hear who's going out with who? Did you hear what he did? Did you hear what he did? You see how it's so common? It's what we, we keep repeating and doing. Judging others, right? That's a sayyah. Is it common or no? You see, by the way, listen guys. This is a message for the guys. If you're flipping the TV and you see a girl who's barely dressed, and she's dancing and singing and you judge her that she is someone who is not good I don't want to use the bad word, right? if you just judge her you have committed what? you have committed a sayyah you have judged her without knowing what her relationship is with Allah she's doing something that's you know, between her and Allah if you judge her, you, have act you are actually worse than what she's doing Sisters, you see a girl in a mini skirt not wearing hijab and you judge her, you are, she's maybe not wearing hijab or whatever, that's between her and Allah, but you have actually committed a sayyah, it's going to come back at you if you don't say sorry to her. Hmm? Thoughts, say whatever you say. You can't think. You can't think evil about others. Okay? Give benefit of the doubt. Okay? So, Part, why is this so important? Because you could be reading Salah, reading Quran, and you say, Brother Fahd, I'm doing everything you said, but you know, I still don't have money, I'm still not happy, I don't have inner peace, but I'm doing everything you said. I wake up in the morning and I imagine I'm in the house of Allah. Guess what? You're probably doing a lot of this. And if you're doing a lot of this, you're kidding yourself. You're not doing tasbih of Allah, you're actually in the orbit of shaitan. So, inshallah, with that, we conclude today's talk. Jazakumullah um, khayran. I hope this was beneficial for all of you. Subhanakallah bihamdik. Nashhadu an la ilaha illa ant. Nasdaqfirukam wa tubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.